you tired of chasing perfection and always feeling like you fall short? There is a better way. Welcome to the Pop Coach Life with your host, Sharon Smaga, where we are pursuing the art of purpose over perfection. She's going to turn what you think you know on its head and help you discover a life filled with meaning and joy. So buckle up, Buttercup, because here comes Sharon. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Smaga, and this is Pop Coach Life, where we are pursuing the art of purpose over perfection. Um, please continue uh, sharing my social media, and please, uh, I want to encourage you to follow me on the different social media platforms, ring the bell, um, forward content. I, let's get it out there, spread it around. Also, uh, I wanted to remind you that if you are interested in live coaching with me, something beyond the free content that has more depth and continuity, um, or you want to tackle a specific issue or area of your life, um, that's something we can also do. Please go to my website at popcoach.life, and in there you will find a way to access the schedule that will allow you to uh, book a free consultation initially if you would like to do that and give us a chance to chat a little and see if we think we're a good match for each other. You can also go directly in there and go ahead and start booking your sessions. Uh, we've kept this, the schedule very simple where you don't have to make any super long-term commitments. You can make a longer-term commitment if you want, but we try to keep this very simple, accessible, and affordable for all of you uh, to be the most helpful. So thanks for checking out all of that, and thank you for those of you who continue to follow and share my content and forward it. It is good to be back. Again, as you know, I've been on a bit of, bit of a, I call it my mini sabbatical, so now we're kicking up the new content. In our last episode, I talked a little bit about um, some content idea of the I-thou versus the I-it relationship postures, um, and that's uh, com I, information that I've combined um, with a book by the Arbinger Institute, and that book, again, is The Anatomy of Peace, Resolving the Heart of Conflict by the Arbinger Institute. Uh, it is a very helpful resource if you are struggling with how to um, negotiate, if you will, for more peace in your life and in your relationships. Uh, I want to talk about something today that's kind of a lot to tackle. So I'm just going to give it a go. So kick back, put your feet up, toes up, right? And let me see where I can get with this content with you. And I'm going to try to sort of not overload you, but also keep it fairly streamlined and simple. Um, in a way that makes it, you know, more usable, more applicable. Because sometimes, you know, when it comes to philosophy and psychology, it can I can get in way over my head and then I, I get a little bit lost in it. So bear with me. So in the world of um, psychology, in the world of therapy and family relationships, there is a concept we call triangulation. And it's sort of the situation where instead of going directly to a person we have an issue with um, or that we have a concern with, we drag somebody else into it. So instead of it being a one-to-one -one interaction, we drag in a third party. And if you can visualize that as a triangle and each person is a corner, right, it's called triangulation. That's what we call it in my field. Um, 
And it's sort of how we recruit someone else, uh, if you will, into the fray, into the mess. And we do this for a lot of reasons. One is we're, we don't know how to directly confront or work something through. Two, we may be afraid to. Um, three, we're, we're avoidant. We're trying to sort of dilute the situation but still get the result we want. Um, so those are probably maybe the top three reasons we do that. But it's not healthy. It's not helpful. Um, a lot of us just grew up doing this in family of origin because if we don't know and aren't taught how to do conflict well or we've seen conflict modeled as something that is always angry or always out of control or always just kind of horrible, like it can't just be something we work out and move on, right? It drags out or, you know, you have a disagreement, but it always seems to turn into a war, a bigger battle than you wanted to take on or participate in. So there's a lot of barriers to doing conflict well. And I have always argued or made the, you know, postulated to people that really uh, doing conflict well builds better relationships. So it's really a barrier. If we want a better relationship, we're really sort of intimidated by or afraid of conflict or we don't feel like we have the skills to do it. So this is important stuff. So normatively, what we tend to do is triangulate or what I say is, you know, unhappy people recruit. So if I'm offended by something you said and I'm afraid to just go to you and say, wow, that really hurt my feelings. Can we talk about that? Because I don't think you intended to or I don't know if it's just the way you said it or maybe I misunderstood, right? What am I more likely to do? What is human nature? You all kind of intuitively know this answer. We go to somebody else that we feel more secure with or safer with and we go tell them what happened. Which if you're looking to get some perspective and honest feedback, that can be healthy. That can be a good thing. But I think more often than not, really, we're sort of recruiting. We go to the people that we're pretty sure will agree or at least hesitate to disagree. We go to people that tend to be on our side, right? Um, and we tend to go to friends that will go along. Um, and we kind of know who those people are in our life, don't we? Even little kids know, if you think about it, little kids know, depending on what they want, they might depend on which parent they go ask for something. And that's sort of similar in a subtle way. They know dad's more likely maybe to say yes to the candy before dinner. Mom maybe is more likely to say yes to a, a movie night in the middle of the week, for example. So, and we do this. So let me bring in the Arbinger Institute in their book now. Uh and I think they have this really fascinating idea that I sort of wanted to build that foundation and then pull this concept in on top of that because I am fascinated by it. And I and I will tell you, I agree with it after reading this in their book and studying it out a little and thinking about uh, my relationships and even what I've done for a living. I, I agree with this. Um, so I'm going to read right out of their book, chapter six, called Escalation on in my book, it's on page 53, and I want to make sure I'm giving appropriate credit to the Arbinger Institute. This is straight out of their book, a direct quote. We end up gathering with allies, actual, perceived, or potential. So this might not even be people we know. We just maybe think they're more likely to agree with us, right? So if I'm conservative and I'm in an argument with somebody who's liberal, for example, 
I might try to pull in somebody in the room that I'm guessing is more conservative because I think they're going to agree with me and vice versa for the person who's more liberal in their politics. Okay, so sorry, we end up gathering with allies, actual, perceived, or potential as a way of feeling justified in our own accusing views of others. Let me read that again. We end up gathering with allies, actual, perceived, or potential as a way of feeling justified in our own accusing view of others. And the Arbinger Institute calls this the collusion model. So we're colluding. We're gathering allies to our side. And that, in fact, gets us exactly the opposite result of really underneath our defense mechanisms. What we want is that peace. We want resolution, right? We want to be able to get along. And they go on to talk about in that same section, I'm skipping over a little bit of the material to get down to this next quote. So what begins as a conflict between two people spreads to a conflict between many as each person enlists the others to their side. Everyone begins acting in ways that invite more of the very problem from the other side that each is complaining about. That, my friend, I think is a fascinating conclusion and statement. And I've really spent some time thinking that over. I'm going to read that part to you one more time again because it's a lot to take in. So what begins as a conflict between two people spreads to a conflict between many as each person enlists others to their side. Everyone begins acting in ways that invite more of the very same problem from the other side that each is complaining about. That, I think, is spot on. I think it's true. I think it's fascinating. And I think it's a linchpin to understanding how we engage with others um, when we're doing it in an unhealthy way that actually creates the very conflict we say we don't want. And then he, they go on to talk about sort of recruiting people into the fray, and they give different examples. Again, circling back to that's what in my field we call triangulation. So if we're pulling people in into the fray, right, if we're getting people on our side against somebody else, that's war. That's not peace, right? Does that make sense? So we aren't going to actually get the peace that we say we want we kind of go on the attack because that's a mentality or a heart, if you will, that's at war. So the other person is going to defend or retaliate in, in whatever measure, which see how they, and they use our behavior to justify that. Then we use their behavior to justify our bad behavior. And it just goes on this loop, this really nasty loop and it's circular. In other words, you're not going to get resolution by doing that. So the idea then is that we don't recruit. We don't look for allies. That we are able to go to that person across from us or that we've had the interaction with we're concerned about. And maybe it's as simple as saying, hey, I trust your intention toward me. I know you would never hurt me on purpose. But I'm wondering about something you said and maybe I misunderstood, could I get some clarification? Could we talk about it? And that does not require a single other person get involved. 
if you're both willing to work that out and resolve that. So I want you to think about that was a lot today, right? I think it was a lot. I am still thinking on it. I don't want to belabor the point. Um, I've gone back and read this several times in the book. So I, you know, get the book, read the book, listen to the book, go back over that, listen to this episode again. It's a lot to take in. But if you want to move from war to peace, you've got to stop recruiting, stop triangulating, go to the person you've got the concern with and really with a heart of peace, see if you can resolve it. Um, so many things could stop there instead of blowing up into these big dramas, whether it's in the family. Uh, gosh, I mean, how many times have you seen this in the workplace, right? What started out as a, a two-minute problematic interaction between two uh, coworkers, suddenly the whole office is involved, right? And it's drama. And every guy who's got an opinion about it and everybody picks a side. So if we can avoid doing that, the more we can avoid recruiting people into our issues with each other and go to each other and work it out with each other, the more that we will have that peace we want. I hope this has made sense. It's a lot. It was a lot to me anyway. I hope this the, the, this has made sense and you can sort of follow and, and it has enough meat on the bones to make sense to you and be helpful and be um, conceptually a way to rethink some things maybe you're doing in relationships or the way you're communicating or even if you're one of the people that sort of got recruited, like you're at work and you got recruited into the drama because somebody said something to somebody else and you just think that is the most horrible thing to say to them. That, that was so mean. And how dare that person say that? And a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, right? You got recruited. Whether you meant to or not, realized it or not, you got triangulated. You got, um, as they say at the Arbinger Institute says, you got recruited into the fray, my friend. So even if it should just recognize that and go, oh, I don't have to do that. I can make a simple choice to, uh, I don't have to be unkind, but I can also um, find ways to set that boundary and simply decline to engage or interact with that. And that might be as simple as looking at somebody who comes to you and saying, wow, I really hope you can go and work it out with them. I really respect and care about both of you. Boom. Can you imagine saying that to somebody who's just and trying to recruit you into the war, into the fight, into the battle. So good luck. Give it some thought. See what you can figure out. See what you can put into practice and apply. I love you guys. Keep pursuing your purpose over perfection. And I will see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Pop Coach Life Podcast. To catch all her past shows, go to www.popcoach.life.